Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 556 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains in the NHL draft lottery came and went. And the Senators will select exactly where the odds had them most. For the first time in franchise history, they will select 7th overall. Or maybe they look into trading that pick for some immediate help, Ross. We'll get into all that today. Plus, the NHL playoffs continue. Not a great night if you're a Leafs hater, but I do have a stat that might make you feel a little bit better. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, May 11th. And Pilsy, 7th ain't bad. Yeah, I'm down for 7th. And it was the most likely scenario uh, with 44.4% chance they would stay exactly where they are. And 7th is a nice spot because it doesn't give you that feeling where you're like, oh, we have to draft a player at 7th overall. But it's also enough standing value that you can dangle it uh, to other teams being like, hey, we got 7th overall here. If you guys are looking to get some draft capital in return for a roster player for the Senators, we can make something happen here. So there's options with 7th overall, which is the beautiful thing about it. We saw a top 10 pick traded just last year. We'll tell you what happened there, what the value was going each way. And there was actually some salary dump in that trade. So would it make sense to attach a Nikita Zaitsev to a certain trade? We'll also pull up a list of the last 7th seven, overall picks. Pilsy. It's a pretty solid group of players. Yeah, you can get a talented uh, prospect at seventh overall. And especially because I feel like that's a point where maybe some teams reach for uh, positional need ahead of you. And then you can have guys that should have been selected in the top five slide all the way down to you. And then you take best player available. You end up with a really great prospect. And now, now that I know we're picking seventh, Ross, I've started to dive into some of the top 10 prospects and there's a couple names that catch my eye here that would make sense for the Sens, but also some names that other teams would be interested in as well. So you said the draft starts at six. In in my opinion, again, I've only just kind of dipped my toe in the in the mock drafts and prospects and stuff, but it just seems to make so much sense that the top five guys are slated to fit in with their the teams picking them respectively. Like all the positional needs make sense. It's best player available through one through five through the limited mock drafts I've looked at, uh, talking about uh, Scott Wheeler, Cam Robinson, guys like that that have already put out their mock drafts. It seems like it would make a lot of sense for teams just to kind of go accordingly with how the rankings are. So I've got one, two, three pretty locked in. I don't know whether two or three, which one's going to go where. We'll get into the whole order and everything. New Jersey moved up to second. Shocker. Yeah. A team that's had two first overall picks in the last four years. That being said, for me, Shane Wright is a no-brainer number one to Montreal. Yep. Who we should mention, they didn't win the lottery, 
They finished dead last, the first team in NHL history to finish 32nd. Hmm. So they stayed in their spot. The yeah. Devils won the lottery. They stayed in their spot because they finished dead last in the NHL. But it, you got to watch your wording on that. And you messed me up w- with your text yesterday saying, the dev- of course, the Devils won. And I was like, oh, man, at least Montreal doesn't get the first pick, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yes, technically, the Devils, they did win their aspect of the draft lottery moving up. And, damn, there's a couple of Eastern teams in the top 10 here. Like, they're going to get some big talent. And the Eastern Conference is going to have a lot of rebuilding teams, but they're going to be rebuilding alongside each other. And eventually, hopefully, if things work out, they will be the top contending teams in three to five years. And it's going to be interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Well, there was such a discrepancy, what, 20 points separated the playoff teams from the non-playoff teams. So you hope that they come out strong. All that really mattered as a win for the Senators is that neither Detroit nor Buffalo behind them were able to jump up into one of those top two spots. So the draft order... It goes Arizona at three. They dropped out of the top two. I already mentioned Montreal one, New Jersey second overall. And then it'll be the Seattle Kraken selecting fourth, the Philadelphia Flyers selecting fifth. So I mentioned Shane Wright. To me, it's him, Logan Cooley, and Uri Slavkovsky as the top three. Who would be your next two to round out what you say is a pretty clear top five? The two right shot defensemen, which are uh, Nemec and sorry, I'm on the yes, Yurchek, and because look at it, like the Philadelphia Flyers, they need a defenseman. Provorov, yeah, but Pro- Provorov hasn't worked out for them. I don't know why they signed Ristolainen into that deal. Ryan Ellis, it seems like he's got major injury concerns on the wrong half of uh, thirty years old. And they just, they haven't been able to get that decor where they want it. So I don't know why they would pass up a right shot defenseman. And then you look at the Seattle Kraken, they've got their number one centerman in Matty Veneers. They've got some decent talent um, up front. They've got cap room. They've got draft picks that they can use to acquire more forwards. And they've got a good goalie tandem. So they're not worried too much about goaltending, but they don't really have a number one. I would, they don't even have a top pair defenseman. If you ask me like Adam Larson, Oleksiak, those are great defensive defensemen, but they're not going to lead you to success. So unless they go big fish hunting in free agency, which there's been a lot of links to them with John Klingberg, Klingberg, sorry, which would make a lot of sense. For both For, sides. Former D pair of uh, Jamie Lexiak in Dallas. Exactly. So I think that would make a lot of sense for both parties there. But I think they're going to be targeting a defenseman here. So I really think one through five just makes sense. I mean, obviously, who knows what can happen. But I think it gets interesting at pick six where Columbus, who just drafted a bunch of centermen, uh, Sillinger, they've got um, Jack Roslevic there. Not that he's like a major player, but they've got centermen now. So we'll see which direction they end up going here. Your initial impression, though, will the Ottawa Senators select at seventh overall? I don't know, because I, I think I would be intrigued and happy either way. The only thing is, and I've said this all along, do we trust the brain tree of uh, Trent Mann and the scouting to pick a good player at seventh overall? Or do we trust Pierre Dorian and pro scouting, whoever is involved in that scenario, to successfully trade seventh overall for a player that will actually be worth that amount of value. And I still lean Trent Mann here. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. It it all depends on uh, how the offseason goes. Like, I, I think... 
Well, free agencies after the draft, you're making that decision first. It's true. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, definitely. Uh, I think my gut says they're going to end up going with the pick just because a team Ooh. that uh, that crunches uh, money so tightly, penny-pinching is what I meant to say there. Like, It just makes so much more sense to try to draft and develop players than you get a few cheap years out of them. So I could see them going that route. And I've got five guys targeted, Ross, that – through limited research, I think would actually make a lot of sense. And there's two guys, especially that I would be pretty excited about. In the we'll say we'll save that for tomorrow's locked on senders. We'll get into some targets if they do select at seventh. But I'm on the other side of the coin, Pilsy. I think they trade that pick right at, if not just before the NHL draft. We're going to so you get can in. enjoy your Greek vacation. Exactly. We're going to get in <laughs> to some uh, some potential trade targets if they are to move that seventh overall selection. We're also going to do a little prospect roundup because we had a photo from our friend Bruce in Kingston with Trent Mann, who was watching nice. Levy Marilinen and Ben Roger last night. Philip Dau, his playoffs are underway with St. John. That's a weird situation if you're St. John. They're tied right now 2-2, and the winner of the next game wins the series. And this is the first round. If St. John loses in the first round, they're off for about a month and a half. And then have to pick it back up again because they're hosting the Memorial Cup. (laughs) So we'll touch on all that coming up on Locked on Senders. First, though, Pilsy, you have a word from one of our favorite sponsors. Yes, I do. And as we mentioned before, we love all our sponsors, especially some of the OG sponsors like Rock Auto. Guys, if you are looking at getting better parts for your car or truck, there's only one spot to go and it's rockauto.com. With increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's so hard for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure sitting in a waiting room, having to answer all these questions and just using a full afternoon and you don't even get any farther than you would if you used rockauto.com. You have computers and phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money while using Rock Auto. That's a nice combo there. Why spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? I wouldn't do it. Ross wouldn't do it. So we don't want you to do it. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. They've got the experience. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Pillsy. So it's lucky number seven for the Ottawa Senators going in to the NHL draft. At least they have that as an asset. If they'd like to make the selection for the first time in franchise history, they have that option. Or I'm sure there are other teams who would be extremely interested in taking that right off their hands. Now, just going back in the history books at when a top 10 trade or top 10 pick has been traded. Of course, Ottawa Senators fans will be very keen to remember when they traded for the second overall pick in the 2001 draft, along with a big lanky defenseman <laughs> who turned out to be all right. Today, no chair. They end up taking Jason Spezza with the pick. Alexi Ashen goes to Long Island. Thank you, Mike Milbury. That being said, 7th and 2nd certainly don't have the same 
type of je ne sais quoi. Now, in 2013, the New Jersey Devils traded the ninth overall pick to Vancouver in exchange for Corey Schneider, one for one. At that point, Corey Schneider had been a very solid goalie. I mean, injuries took a toll on him later on, but that's one example of the ninth overall pick being traded. And another was just last year, Pilsy, when the Arizona Coyotes acquired a top 10 pick in exchange for Oliver Ekman Larson. They also had to send, though, Connor Garland, who certainly had value as well. This was a real blockbuster trade. Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland in exchange for Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, a first, a second, and a seventh. Arizona also retained 12% of Oliver Ekman Larson's salary. Strange number there. Pilsy, all that I heard there was that you can get value on the pick and get out of a bad contract. And we know if there's a landing spot for Nikita Zaitsev this summer, Arizona seems like the most likely destination. Could there be something with Arizona who picks third, but they also lost out on their own first rounder last year? That's why they, a big reason why they had to get Vancouver's yeah. because of the, the um, incrimination of pre-testing prospects, whatever it was. Yeah. in John Chaika's clown show reign down in, in Arizona. So could that be a team we know who's rebuilding? Would they be one of the most interested teams? And would that type of template work for you? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I don't see a scenario where Nikita Zaitsev goes to any team other than the Arizona Coyotes. Like even with retained salary, even with you'd have to retain half and sweeten 12, 12%. the deal. <laughs> yeah, but probably more than 12%, Ross. Um, but it just makes so much sense. But the only thing is, if you're Arizona, the only pieces of value you have now are young talent that are locked up to nice contracts in Clayton Keller, um, Chikrin, and Nick Schmaltz, right? So like, if you're a rebuilding team and you've already got those guys locked up, Ideally, you wouldn't want to trade them, but Arizona's in a whole different scenario here because this is a team that, let's not forget, uh, this season, they couldn't pay, they were worried about paying off bills to keep an arena that they were going to be moving out of going, and now they have massive costs, like I'm sure the NHL is picking up a lot of this bill, but massive costs to renovate a 5,000-seat college arena. So, talk about penny-pinching. No one's penny-pinching like the Arizona Coyotes, so... They would be interested in just getting rid of those big contracts, taking on bad contracts in return. And if, you, if you're if you Arizona and you have seasons or drafts where you get Dylan Genther ninth overall, and then you get the third overall and seventh overall pick, you're setting yourself up for success in the future when hopefully they're ready to be able to build around these players. So they're going to need to dangle guys like Clayton Keller, guys like Chickling, guys like Schmaltz in order to acquire that draft capital because I, I think that's the route that they're going to go and uh, it, it seems very likely that they would be interested in a guy like Zaitsev if it meant good prospects or picks returning. Before we get into our trade targets that we spoke about on Monday, we didn't really have as much time to go through the top five as we would have liked because, of course, the Pierre Maguire news came out. I want to let you know that Locked On Senders is free and available wherever you download your podcast, especially on YouTube. The subscribers have been skyrocketing. The show is skyrocketing, even though it's the off season. We can't thank all the Send Central citizens for being a part of it. 
along the way. We have some great plans throughout the offseason. So be there every step of the way. We're also making sure that you guys get a little bonus content. We're cutting down some of our segments into extra YouTube videos. So if you click it, you're like, what the hell? That was in the podcast. It's just in case you like you think of a segment where you're like, oh, I want to go back and listen to that. Boom, we've got the new title for you. Just easy, something extra to click on as well. That's a great reason why to subscribe to our YouTube channel because you'll be able to see it clear and easy on your home page. All right, get that out of the way, Pilsy, and get in to our top 10 trade targets. And here's how I'm going to ask you the question. We'll pull up one through five, another reason to watch on YouTube. We will go through each name, but Pilsy. Tell me what you think the trade value would be. Now that we know it's 7th overall, would you have to add to the 7th overall pick to get all five of these players? Yes, because all of these teams, other than, well, I shouldn't say all these teams actually, but Minnesota, they're going to need a roster player in return to replace value that they're going to lose in Kevin Fiala. Um, Calgary, if they end up trading Matthew Chuck, they need a roster player in return. I would even say Columbus probably would be interested in a roster player in return as well. Whereas Chicago and Arizona, they're like, Chicago's got to blow this whole thing up here. Although they still have Kane and Taves and they just acquired Seth Jones. I I think they're at a point where they're not ready to compete for the playoffs and they got to start adding value through uh, prospects and picks. And then Arizona, we just went over. So I think the seventh overall alone, one for one, doesn't get it done for any of these guys. No, I agree with that. But I also look at the, we talked about the situation in Arizona, but I look at the situation in Columbus. They had two first rounders last year. They have two first rounders this year. And their rebuild's already starting to come along nicely. I know Liney's only 23 years old. I know that he's still entering the prime of his career. And he could be and might still be a big part of that rebuild. But if you can, they would pick back-to-back six and seven. And then also at 12. They'd have three top 12 picks. Like that to me, if I'm Yarmo Kekalein and I'm looking at that and saying, okay, where are we and when do we expect to compete again? And that would be a big factor in in any conversation there. Now, Calgary's a little bit different, and you'd have to add, to me, you have to add a lot more for any of these five guys. Like, it's seventh, it's a top prospect, and a roster player. Yep, I would agree. That's probably the the starting point for any conversation, yeah. Yeah. Which one do you think has the most value? Because to me, I know this is, we have Kevin Fiala at number one, probably because he is most likely. Michael Russo did a, uh, a mailbag with, he's the athletic Minnesota guy saying that like he doesn't like throwing rumors against the wall, but he knows the Senators are extremely interested in Kevin Fiala. Yeah. It's no secret. That being said, I think if we're going just based on value, Alex Dabrinkit is by far the most valuable player on this list. By far? More, mm. By far more than Matthew Kuchuk? He just hit 100 points, and he, he does it all. He... He scores goals. He, he gets in opponents' faces. He's physical. I would say it's it's probably c- closer, but uh, I, like a 40-goal scorer in the early 20s, like you, you can't really beat that. But Matthew Chuck brings a lot to the table if you're a yeah, team that's, that's looking to contend in the playoffs. So I would say those two have the most value. Yeah, that's fair. And you know what? They went the same draft. One went fourth and one went 39. So you know what? We will give the edge. To Matthew yeah. Kachuk. I just see, I guess I'm just like closing my eyes and seeing Stutzlin to bring it oh, on the same God. line. And then like Bathro Batherson in there too. Like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But again, the, the cost of these five players would be exorbitant. And I don't know if Sens fans are really willing to give up what you would need. The five names, if you missed Monday's show, Kevin Fiala at number one, Alex DeBrink at number two, Clayton Keller at number three, 
Matthew Gachuk, number four, and Patrick Laine at number five. Again, these would be our top five trade targets this offseason. But Pilsy, I think we should turn our attention to a little bit more realistic names. And at the end of today's show, we're also going to go through some of the names you guys brought up. Over 70 replies on Twitter at Send Central when we just said, give us your best trade proposals involving the seventh overall pick. So that's coming up a little bit later on the show. But Pilsy, these names become interesting. We have Travis Konechny at six, Nick Schmaltz at seven, Mikhail Granlund at eight, Jonathan Marcheseau at nine, Jake DeBrusque at 10, and just stay away from Josh Bailey. But anyways, <laughs> six through 10. Where do you draw the line for having the seventh overall pick involved? Ironically, I draw the line at number seven, Nick Schmaltz. And uh, sevens are going crazy uh, these days. But I think Mikhail Granlin, he, he's a great player and he's very consistent, but he's not a pure goal scorer and he's not going to put up massive uh, numbers like that. And he's 30 years old. Everyone else is in their 20s. Exactly. But he also has a nice contract, like a couple of years left at $5 million. That's very digestible for the Sens. So you can focus on re-upping Norris, Stutzla, and then Sanderson eventually. So that one makes a lot of sense in that sense. But I just think that his play is going to decrease over this contract. Like the last two years of his contract probably aren't going to be great. So Nick Schmaltz, Travis Konechny, still guys in, in great spots, guys that are signed to nice contracts and guys that have potential to grow still. So that's where I would draw the line because if you're trading the seventh overall pick, it has to be for a top six forward or if you want to go a different route, a top four defenseman. But I think the forward is what needs to be focused on here. Yeah, that's very fair. And just to be clear, you're saying after Nick Schmaltz. So if Arizona, let's say it's, for example, Nick Schmaltz has four years left at 5.85 North Dakota. But not only that, sick player. And not only because he had nine points in two games against <laughs> yeah. the Ottawa Senators this year. He is a really nice player, a versatile winger uh, who can bring a lot, lot of value to the table. So if it's, if it's the offer is Nick Schmaltz for the seventh overall pick straight up, do you say yes? Or is this a situation where, okay, maybe that's what you do for Keller. And again, you'd, probably, you'd have to add if you're Ottawa to, to get Keller. But if you're Nick Schmaltz, like, is that pretty fair value? Or are you still trying to add Zaitsev? Or are you going to have to add more value instead of take away some by, by anchoring a contract to him? I think it's a decent uh, trade, but I think Arizona is like, they're not looking for one-for-one trades, right? Like they're trying to bolster things here, even if it means taking on bad contracts. Like look at, look at the trade they did with Vancouver that we referenced, right? right. I don't think they're interested in just one-for-one packages, especially with one of the three of their big big shiny prospects that they could use right so I don't think that would happen and I think if I would rather the Senators go big game hunting like the Sens have so many picks so many prospects like there's not room for all these guys so why not attach a bunch of them together and get one absolutely top quality guy that's my preference here is finally use this draft capital to take a big home run swing and try to get one of the biggest players available like don't just get a don't get a middle six forward that you're hoping reaches a better potential get a bona fide top six goal scoring forward with this even if it means throwing in prospects like your Ridley Greggs, your Roby Jarventis, your Eric Brandstroms all all those guys needed need to be into the equation here but Pelsey, are you worried then? Because like he had almost a point per game this year. Not quite if you take away the games against Ottawa. <laughs> and then last year, only 32 points in 52 games. Like I, I like him a Ross, lot. What's the player. team he was playing for those years? 
True. I mean, look at the <laughs> stats of Chicago before he was traded, man. Two goals, 11 points in 23 games. I don't know what happened there because he looked great the year before, 52 yeah. points and 21 goals, and that was as a younger player. Look at his stats last year in North Dakota, man, 46 points in 37 Ooh. games. But all that to say, like, he would be right on the fringe, and I think for yeah. me to be comfortable giving up the seventh overall pick for Nick Schmaltz, albeit, again, 26 years old with four years left on his contract, I still think you have to be able to add Nikita Zaitsev to that trade. Otherwise, I don't think the value is there if you're Ottawa. Yeah, if they like addition by subtraction, right? If they can get rid of Nikita Zaitsev, that's just so massive. So I, I think if you're looking at a deal with Arizona, you got to package the pick and Zaitsev together. Yeah. All right. All right. Should we take a look at uh, at some of the answers from the fans? I'll read them out to you. Yeah, we'll have the screen it. share on. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see all of them. Again, thank you for engaging with the tweet. We appreciate it. However, we can't read out all 70 replies. But what we can do, and this is where screen sharing comes in nicely, is we'll scroll through. I'll read some of the best ones here. And Pilsy can react to them. Now, Carl writes in and asking about a trade for Brett Pesci. Now, I don't know who you would give up for it. He doesn't really give you a uh, an exact trade other than the seventh overall pick. He thinks he'd pair well with Jake Sanderson. What are your thoughts on Brett Pesci out of Carolina? I mean, not, not a terrible uh, line of thinking there, Carl, but I think you, you can do a little better. And, and I think that uh, there's, like I said, I want them to use this as a starter for a package for – an, an amazing top four and an, or an amazing top six. And I think you can do better. Jacob Chikrin, I think is probably off the table. Do you think that the positional aspect of it takes him off of the needs for Ottawa as well? Just knowing that you likely have Shabbat Sanderson going forward. And like, if you're, if you're Arizona and you have a 25 year old, 24 year old defenseman locked up for six more years, are you not, only asking for Jake Sanderson, like the same position, but younger that would fit your rebuild. I don't think Chickren's contract is that long. I'm just checking it right. Yeah, now. dude, I know it's ridiculously cheap. I think he's There's making three four more points. years after this one at 4.6. So the reason I'm kind of out on Chickren, um, I mean, he can play either left or right side, which is good, but playoff teams that are ready to contend now will give up a goddamn fortune for him simply because they're getting a top four defenseman with size, with ability to put, put points up with a cheap contract for three more years, they will pay a premium. Like, look at look at Tampa. Two first-round picks for Hagel? Yeah. Like, that's cr- just because he's at a nice contract. So Whoa. I think the Sens will get out, outmatched on those bidding wars, and it's it's not worth it for them to get I in I mean, there. two first-round picks, though. Those are going to be late 20s, even in the 30s, potentially. E- either way, even if it was two second, early second-round picks, that would be a lot to give up for a guy like that. And I forget, Elliot Friedman talked about where the kind of price point started for Chikrin, and I wasn't interested, so I wouldn't go that direction. James set Chicago Blackhawks Twitter on fire. Seventh yeah, overall pick, third-round pick, Brandstrom, Greg, and Colin White for Alex Dabrinkit. Thoughts? I like it. But the thing is, uh, and just scroll back up, Ross, just so I can uh, keep kind of looking at it here. You're looking at Sens prospects that are Sens. Other than Ridley Gregg. Yeah. Branny, all-time low trade value. So that's just kind of a throw in. Colin White, all-time low trade value. 
Uh, even Ridley Gregg, I would say, I, I think the no, Sens have, I, nah, I have the, the Sens have rose colored glasses on myself included. We love Ridley Gregg. He's a friend of the show and we love uh, the way he plays hockey, but I don't think the rest of the league values him as much as Sens fans do. So that's where I would have some, um, some problems with that trade. I don't think Chicago does that. I think you would have to throw a guy like Formanton or Jarventi into that mix. Yeah, Jimmy wonders why or Jimmy <laughs> wonders go. why Chicago or Arizona would trade their young centerpieces. They're both rebuilding teams. Why would they trade a star away for a younger potential star? I think those two are a pipe dream. That's fair. But That's definitely also fair. look other teams are trying to set themselves up for this twenty twenty three draft. I think it would be yep. crazy to think not, especially and Jimmy. I think one of the main reasons for Chicago is they gave up their first round pick this year. They have an aging core as well. So sometimes like I don't know you want to throw out a different name what would it take to get Patrick Kane Pilsy let me look at Patrick Kane he's got a no move clause not coming to Ottawa I promise you that. yeah exactly and how many years left does he have just one I think yeah no the Sens can't be doing that especially he's no. 33 yeah it can't happen but I understand what Jim A is saying but um Arizona, they only have those are their only pieces of value, and if they want to cash in and get multiple things for any sort of pieces, those are the guys they're going to have to trade. And similar with Chicago, right? So, oh, here's a nice, interesting one from Curtis: Ottawa's first round pick with Brandstrom for Florida's first round pick, which could be in the twenties to late thirties, and Mackenzie Weger, who is a no. certified stud. They would would never do that. It would have to be a first-round pick and Branny for Uyghur alone. How about Andrew? Some wild takes here. Keep the pick. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, Fans, (laughs) I feel like Leafs suck. Yes, definitely uh, appreciate that from our guy at Leaves Martian. Um, There's um, fans seem to think like every single superstar that has been traded, Ross, no fan or reporter has been even close, even close on what the return would be. Like, think about the Eric Carlson trade. No one was even on the right scent for that. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's yeah. going to be Hurdle or Meyer in this deal. Not even close. And then think of the uh, Jack Eichel trade. I don't think anyone was close on that one either. So trades are very different than what fans and uh, people think they will be, myself included. Yeah, 100%. And all, all these are so interesting because they're obviously from Sens fans and from their perspective. And then you'll see, like, I guess other teams' fans searching that player's name and, yeah. and getting to this thread and be like, are you nuts? <laughs> and just notice there's nobody on the trade proposals with Arizona, though. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> um, Evan, I don't think this one's going to work. Sens trade the eighth overall pick to Detroit for seven. Hmm? Yeah, probably not. Um, what else we got here? Um JT Miller, what do you think about him as a potential target? That's very interesting, but like for Vancouver, they just traded their ninth overall pick to get roster players in Garland yeah. and Ekman Larson. And I think they're a little nervous about how things are going over there. And I think they're not going to be going, uh, I don't know whether they're going to go full rebuild or full send because they're right on the fringe there. Yep, no question. Anyways, thank you for everyone for, for all yeah, these replies. All these uh, these replies, obviously a Leafs fan can't help himself on a night where their team wins. We'll get into the playoffs in just a moment, but you you can really you can really see that Arizona is a main target for yes. Sens fans, whether it's Chikrin, 
uh, whether it's Keller or I haven't seen Schmaltz on here yeah, at no all. Schmaltzes. but I, I like the way Schmaltz plays. I feel like he's a, a DJ Smith. Oh, oh, there's one for Patrick Kane. Uh, funny enough, oh, this one's a complete lock. We'll leave this one just on <laughs> YouTube. It's absolute lock right there. Another one for Brett Pesci, number seven in Hamannick for, for Pesci. That would just be right shot for right shot defense. And honestly, Hamannick on the bottom pair, there's worse uh, worse potential it. things yeah. uh, like Nikita Zaitsev being there. <laughs> Seventh overall in Zaitsev for McDavid. Uh, fun stat, I'll save it for our NHL segment, but when McDavid and Drysaddle score, it's like the opposite of when Crosby oh, and Malkin score uh, there. Pooley Arby's another interesting name who seems like he's underappreciated in Edmonton. Again, it seems like we're talking playoff teams, so why don't we get into it right now? Oh, Gordy coming in over the top. This is a wild one to finish off. It's got one response, and it's all caps LOL. Formanton, Greg, Branstrom, Sokolov, and the seventh overall pick for Debrinket and Kane. All right. <laughs> Let's see the show more replies. Who's upset? Get Stone back home. I, I don't think that's uh, wild. White is a lump of coal. Oh, we got more <laughs> offensive replies. Chick behind the stars bench and a house of <laughs> All right. All right. You can wrap thanks, it up on that. Thanks for the, the last one there. Pilsy, do you have an ad here before we hit on the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yes, I do. And uh, to keep going in the playoffs, Ross, you have to make sure your body is fueled properly. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, I hope they're getting their built bars in because they've got two games up ahead of them. Yeah, I said it, two games up ahead of them that they're going to need their best effort. And what is the best part about built bars? Well, they're healthy. And wouldn't you know it, they're delicious. Built Bar focuses on making the bars taste good first. Then they figure out how to make it healthy. I mean, perfect example. Do you like marshmallows? Hell yeah. Who doesn't like marshmallows? Well, unfortunately, they're usually not good for you. What? How about protein-infused marshmallows? Now we're talking. That's the Built Bar way. And you can try that with Built Puffs. There's so many great flavors. I love the Built Puff churros. Churros, great underrated dessert, if you ask me. So if you want to try flavors like the Built Puff churro or any other flavors, all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. You chocolate lovers, this is the protein bar for you. Go to Built.com to get all your favorites. They've also got raspberry, double chocolate, so even more chocolate for the chocolate lovers, and so much more. We recommend getting the mix box so you can try them all. They're delicious. There's new flavors coming out all the time. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order, guys. Once again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, Pilsy, some great, brutal, and everything in between when it comes to trade requests or scenarios there from everyone on Twitter, at Send Central. You can also follow along with the show on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. Extremely active there, extremely, so <laughs> much. No, no, follow us on Twitter, at Send Central, but you can shoot us a DM on Instagram, Twitter, or as we keep going back to the subscriptions have just been skyrocketing. And even if you don't listen or sorry, watch the show on YouTube, that's fine. But the more subscribers we have, the more it'll recommend our content. And then the more content we can pump out. It's just, and upwards. it's just a ring around the rosy situation here. And hopefully our pockets are full of elite NHL talent and, here. And Ross, I have some uh, business administrative stuff here. Whoa. I just mailed out 
two shirts to our good friends Joe Bell and Kurt Watkins. And we still, yep, there it is if you're watching on YouTube. Beautiful. Beauty. At Censor and Central Citizens shirts. And we still have some left. I got about, I don't know, how many do you have, Ross? A handful? Uh, I've got yeah, about, seven, uh, right? yeah, I've got eight left. So I've got mediums, larges, extra larges. So if you guys want your shirts, they're almost running out. This could be a collector's item years 100%. down the road. When we're doing episode 2000, you can say, and we have 10 other t-shirt lines going on and we have a full merchandising business, some hats, some shorts, some uh, shorts. golf clubs, golf bags. We're going to do it all eventually. How about a parka for me? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you might need that. That's a good, uh, good call there. Maybe a toque, Ross. We'll start yeah, with that. Yeah, no doubt. So, hey, we only have 16 out of 50 left. That's a nice little push. We'd like to thank everyone for, yeah. uh, for uh, chugging along with us. That's yeah. Huge. So, if you guys are interested... DM us on Insta, uh, DM us on Twitter at the Send Central account. Ross, myself, our Twitter handles are yeah. below. Shoot and us we a text. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Send us a pigeon carrier, whatever you got to do to let us know you want in on these. Because once they're gone, they're gone. We will not be recreating this shirt. If you are a true OG listener, get your hands on a true OG piece of merch here. So we can mail them out and we're doing that. So get on it while you can. This is our face every time we make a sale. <laughs> that guy's Hell such yeah. a beauty. We need to find him. That was after the Godet shootout winner in Vancouver. Look at that Sens hat below him, though, with the flames and the oh, yeah. off. That is all time. That's wild. Imagine back in the day, you know, when the Sens did their post-game bike rides when they would do their interviews on the bike. Imagine <laughs> yeah. they were rocking the flames, looking like a young Lance Armstrong out there. This was one of the highlights of the season, though. Getting outshot as bad as they did. Goddett plays one shift in yeah. the second period, none in the third, none in overtime, and then goes out and buries the shootout winner. Some clowns are saying the highlight of the season was Stutzla being called out for diving. Complete joke. Don't listen to any of that trash. There's a lot of highlights in this season. I can go right off the top of my head. How about Brady Kachuk Hattrick on home ice against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a 4 nothing shutout? Hopefully, the Tampa Bay Lightning are done losing. For the next little while, though, they fell last night. They had a lead going into the third period, Pilsy. They were up, and then it all drifted away. The Maple Leafs are victorious in what Leaf fans admittedly call a must-win game five. I'm relying on the 16-0 record for the Tampa Bay Lightning when when they're coming off a loss over the last two-plus playoffs. Game seven. In Toronto, anything can happen. I guess we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. Game six, but how how did that slip away from the Lightning? You know, I this pains me to say, Ross. Like it, it like my stomach is getting upset as I'm leading up to saying this. But that barn was absolutely electric. Like Ugh. I hate Leafs fans, but I gotta tip my hat to them. Much respect for how crazy that barn went. Like they called a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We don't need to get into the refing of this game. There were some wild penalty calls. And, like, Ross, bang, bang penalty calls. Like, okay, Tampa's on the power play. First first uh, draw. Oh, they get a penalty four on four. And that happened three times in this game. It was crazy. But when Marner and Matthews came down on that two-on-one and Marner had the puck, it, it was over. Like, you yeah. knew one way or another they were going to figure that out. And great low shot for the rebound for Matthews. And again, pains me to say, but that was an absolutely iconic Selly and the building went, <laughs> it went crazy. Like it was wild. So the Leafs deserve to enjoy that moment. Leafs fans. That's what hold on to that moment tightly and remember that because 
You are, after all, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leaf pile is going to get, is going to have soggy sorrows and they're going to need a bunch of rakes to scrape up the Leafs fans on the ground when ultimately it goes to game seven and Leafs go Leaf and they will be, they will not be as happy as they were right we, now. We've been comparing this series to the one in 2002 where the Ottawa Senators earned a 5 nothing win <laughs> yes. in game one. Well, Ottawa won game five of that series as well. So, just saying. <laughs> they lost game six, 4-3, and then were shut out in game seven. Oh, wait. Does Vasilevsky not have five straight series where he closed out in a shutout? Yeah. So 20 years I, later. I'm not even worried, Ross. Actually, I would be not more... Worried. No, not worried at not all. Worried. Like, the panic button is still in the box. Like, Whoa. I haven't even taken it out of the box. It got mailed in here. <laughs> and honestly, I'm more confident that the Leafs are up 3-2 than I would have been if the Lightning were up 3-2 because I want to see the ultimate heartbreak. Show me the ultimate heartbreak. I cannot wait to see it. I'm, I'm still very confident. Uh, I've, I've got many bets on the Lightning to win this <laughs> series. Like, I, it's like... Get responsible gambling, but I have really gone off the deep end with just backing up the Tampa Bay Lightning every time they lose because the odds are are great. And I thought I was going to hit big live betting on them last night. Apparently, I mushed them, but that's okay. Still two games left here, and we can only wait and watch. So the Edmonton Oilers scored four goals. Connor McDavid says that should be enough to win a playoff game. I tend to agree, although yes. scoring has been up this postseason versus years past. However, did you see the stat that the Oilers have lost six straight games when Drysaddle and McDavid score in the same game? That is very peculiar. Especially for t- two guys that like basically lead the league in scoring like every every single year and two of the top players in the entire league. So they got to figure that out. And this one's not on Mike Smith, though. I-, I think he had a decent game. It's just the defense for Edmonton just kind of fell apart here. And that was my must-win game, Ross. Like, if... If Edmonton loses this series to the LA Kings without Doughty, they like Ken Holland has a lot of work to do. Like they have they have to blow it up. They have to. Yep. So that is going to be very interesting if that does indeed happen. And, and it looks- Ross, they ruined my parlay of the day. The overhead for Tampa, Toronto, and then it goes to overtime and uh, Kempe. Hell of a player. I think he's one of the more underrated guys in the league. He finishes it off with a couple minutes in OT. So, Oilers fans, you're down bad right now. Down, Pilsy, you took your parlay of the day to game seven in round one, but you fell flat in that overtime. Only a minute and 12 seconds into overtime, Edmonton falls. Your parlay of the day is three and four. Yeah. I hear you're taking a day of rest. Yeah, no betonline.ag ad today, so I'm taking it, that was a heat check kind of moment. So I'm taking taking today off, and we'll be back Thursday and Friday with Pilsy's playoff parlay of the day. Hmm, I wonder who you're gonna bet on tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll see. When it comes to tonight's slate of games, we could see the end of a season or two, as we've got the or sorry, just one because we've got two series tied at two. But the New York Rangers are right up against the brink of elimination. Do they live to die another day, Pilsy? I think so, but the problem is Tristan Jari and Ricard Raquel are both practicing now. So the longer this series goes, just the more chances the Penguins are going to get more reinforcements here. 
And I'm not sure what's going on with Lindgren. I know he had been injured and Barclay Goodrow is out for the Rangers too. So I don't think they're skating and I don't think they're close to coming back here. So that's going to be tough for the Rangers. And Igor Shosturkin, like this is a big deal for him. Pulled in back-to-back games. He's got some of the worst numbers in the playoffs so far. He needs to steal a game for the Rangers here in a big way. And what about these other two series? Both tied at two. We've got Calgary and Dallas. We've got Washington and Florida. Give me give me some winners. No, no parlay of the day, but give me some winners here as the series shift back to South Beach and Calgary. I got cats and flames moving on here. Uh, like Florida, they there's too much on the line for them this year. Like they fully understand the position they're in and having Ekblad back for the playoffs. Like there's no reason why they can't beat this Capitals team. I've got them winning this. And then the Dallas Stars has been a great story. Jake Gottinger has kind of been the star goalie of the playoffs, if you ask me. And But it, the clock's going to hit midnight here soon on their Cinderella story. The Calgary <laughs> Flames are just too damn good. Yeah, I agree. We deserve better than than having Dallas in the second round of the playoffs. That's the thing. Imagine Dallas and L.A. move on. Like, oh, like I want that Battle of Alberta. Give me the Battle of Alberta. Oh, hopefully we get it. So tomorrow on the show, what did we say we're going to talk about tomorrow? We had a great topic idea. Possible prospects that could be picked at seventh overall, if I remember correctly. There you go. That's why Pillsy's full of preparation, and I'm here for the emotion. We've been your Locked On Senators team now for 556 episodes of the show, plus 62 episodes of Making Sense of the yes. Sens. If you've been a real OG back in the SoundCloud days, hmm. and now that YouTube's growing, over 2,000 subscribers, yes. and we want to keep that rolling. So if you're listening to this in your car, who doesn't have a Gmail account or a YouTube account? Just smash the subscribe. Even if you prefer listening to the show, it goes a very long way for us. People ask how they can support the pod. That's probably number one right now. 1A and 1B with buying a t-shirt. Buying shirts is 1A, yeah. Any final thoughts on today's show, Pilsy? Seventh overall is a nice place to be. I I just love the versatility it offers. Like You can still get a good prospect. Oh, we didn't pull up that list, Pilsy. Boom. Which list? Oh, yes, of course. Final thoughts. The last seven, seventh overall picks. Do you want to run through this list? Look at the value here. Like 2021, William Eklund falling to the Sharks. I mean, one this year. Was one of the craziest things because he was was in top three conversation for some uh, prospect reporters. Alex Holtz, man, that guy can score goals. I'm very excited to see what he does in New Jersey. Dylan Cousins, I'm a big Dylan Cousins guy. I think maybe Buffalo brought him in a little too soon and he wasn't quite ready for the responsibility, but I think he's got a lot of potential. Quinn Hughes, I mean, not falling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy that they got Quinn Hughes and he's just an absolute stud defenseman. Leah Anderson. Barrett Hayton, by the way, in taking him fifth was the most big brain move of all time. That was Chaka and the Yotes? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't love that one. Uh, Leah Anderson, meh. That's that's where a seventh overall just doesn't. The Rangers are going to draft like that, though. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't exactly go to where. Clayton Keller, one of our top trade targets. That was a, finally a pick by Arizona that actually worked out. Uh, and then Ivan Provorov, he's, he's struggling in Philly, but he has shown signs that he can be a great defenseman. So there's a lot of opportunity for picking a great, talented prospect that can really have a big effect on your franchise in the future. Because, I mean, other than the other than like the 2019, 2020, and 2021 guys, you got to give them three years before you can really make a judgment there. So they got time. 
All right. Well, let us know in the comments if that list changes your opinion. I know we got everyone all riled up about potential trades, but then you see what the value is with the pick. Maybe people are now starting to take a step back. So either let us know if you want to trade the pick, if you want to keep the pick, and if so, who would you like to draft, which we'll get into tomorrow, or who would you like to acquire, and if so, would you have to give up even more? But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.